0: All right. Here's an example. We're getting a little more sophisticated on what we have to think about. f of x equals x squared, comma x greater than or equal to zero. Now that's given to us usually in the problem, and you'll see why it needs to be stated. It's it's very similar to what we had to do in our last example. So f of x equals x squared, but x is greater than or equal to 0. Find f inverse of x. So if you'd like to pause, you can get all the way to the end at least, and then you might have a question about what to do after that. But pause and go through finding the inverse the way we have for other examples, and then come back. All right, finding the inverse, we have f of x equals y equals x squared, but x is greater than or equal to 0. Now we're going to interchange x and y and we have uh, x equals y squared. We want to solve for y, so we have to take the square root of both sides, right? So is the answer y equals the square root of x? If you said that, then you got lucky on this one because x is greater than or equal to 0. I'll explain why in a minute. But you might recall that if you solve something like y squared equals 9, then aren't there two solutions to this? y equals positive 3, or the number that you squared in order to get 9 could also have been negative 3. So there were two solutions to squaring y and getting 9, 3 or negative 3. Same with y squared equals 16 or y squared equals 25. The only one that doesn't have two solutions, y squared equals 0, right? That one has just zero as its own repeated solution. So y equals 3 or negative 3 when y squared equals 9. So therefore, if I'll write this in, if y squared equals x, then there are two solutions to what y could be. It could be positive square root of x or negative. You might have just had it drummed into you since you were in algebra class, that when you solve by taking the square root of both sides, you have to write plus or minus square root x. But in any case, we have two possible outputs for y given that y squared equals x. We have positive square root of x, negative square root of x. If I look at the graph, you might recall in my last example I wrote the four graphs of the four basic graphs of square root functions. This the positive square root of x looks like this. It's the top half of a sideways parabola. The bottom half is the bottom of a sideways parabola. This is y equals negative square root of x. Now what would be the problem with saying f inverse of x equals plus or minus square root of x? Look at the graph. I'm saying that this whole thing would be f inverse of x. It would be plus square root of x, positive square root of x, or negative square root of x. The problem with calling this f inverse is this is not a function, right? This fails the vertical line test. When we say f inverse of x, we say function, inverse function. This is not a function as it is right here. So we have to know that f inverse of x cannot be both of these branches of the sideways parabola. And that for that to know which one to use, we have to think about the original function. The original function was f of x equals x squared. That's a parabola at the origin opening up, right? But then notice that this parabola opening upwards, if you take that and you reflect it on the line y equals x, you will get this parabola reflected on the line y equals x. I should have made it a little wider. But can you see that you would get the sideways parabola? So this is a reflection of the one graph in the line y equals x giving the sideways parabola. But the problem is the reflection of f of x in the line y equals x makes an unfunction. It's not a function, a non-function. So I have to only use one branch of the parabola when I find the inverse function of it. So that's why it was necessary when I gave the problem to tell you that x has to be greater than or equal to 0 that tells you to start at zero and then make your x values positive so i really should use i'm going to draw a new graph for us if you're starting this problem and you want to look at the graph start with the parabola upwards this is f of x with x greater than or equal to 0. The reflection of that graph in the line y equals x is the inverse function f of x equals the positive, you don't have to write plus, but I'm just making a point, the positive square root of x. Now we can see we have a function that opens up a half a parabola, and its inverse is the top half of a sideways parabola and notice they intersect right here this happens to be the point one one because one squared is one and the square root of one is one so this is where the the input equals the output if you made tables you would see that as well also if we talk about the domain of f and i'm going to underline that in red because i usually use red for the domain of the function right What's the domain of f? It's what was given to us. This is called a restricted domain. Normally, when we talk about the domain of a function, it's the implied domain. It's what's implied by the formula. f of x equals x squared implies that x actually could be any real number you want, right? f of x equals x squared. You can square any any real number and get a real number as an output. So usually, the implied domain of f is all real numbers. But the restricted domain, the explicitly stated domain in this problem of f is 0 to infinity, because they told us x is greater than or equal to 0. This is usually given to you, but sometimes you have to restrict it yourself. So you have to pick a domain that will make an inverse function. I'm going to talk about how to do that and and how this relates to the words 1 to 1 very soon. So the domain of f was 0 to infinity. So that means the domain of F inverse, oh sorry, the range, cannot afford to be on autopilot in this section, in case you hadn't noticed. The range of the inverse function is the same as the domain of the original function. And so, since the original function's domain was 0 to infinity, that means the outputs of the inverse are 0 to infinity. That's why I had to take the positive square root of x for my f inverse formula, and why I had to take the positive part of the parabola. y values start at 0 and go up to infinity. If I used the bottom half, the y values would be negative the outputs of the inverse will be negative, and that doesn't correspond to the inputs of the original function being 0 or positive. So I don't want the outputs of the inverse to be 0 or negative. I want them to be 0 or positive, because I was told that the inputs of the original have to be 0 or positive. So here's the 1 half of the parabola and its inverse, the top half of the sideways parabola. We call this restricting the domain. The reason why we need to restrict the domain is because if I were to take all possible x values, negative 2 negative 1 0 1 2 for starters, in the original sorry in the original function, f of x equals x squared, my outputs would be negative 2 squared, is 4, the square of negative 2 is 4, the square of negative 1 is positive 1, the square of 0 is 0, the square of 1 is positive 1 again, the square of 2 is positive 4. If I interchange x and y now, then I would have 4, 1, 0, 1, 4. And the inputs that corresponded to those outputs of the original function were negative 2, negative 1, 0, positive one and positive two. Going back to your algebra days, do you remember ever being given two sets of data or even one set of data and being asked, is this a function just by looking at the data points? Is this a function? And you would say, okay, a function, for something to be a function, for each input, there's only one possible output. But this quote, inverse function has for one input of positive 1, two possible outputs, negative 1 or positive 1. For an input of 4, I have two possible outputs, negative 2 or positive 2. That's why we would have failed the, hor- the vertical line test if we tried to call this f inverse of x equals plus or minus the square root of x. Because of this plus or minus, there are two possible outputs for every input except for zero. Plus or minus zero is still zero. For every other x value, there are two possible outputs, two possible outputs for one input. That's not a function, so therefore we can't have that be an inverse function. The reason why it it caused trouble for us actually comes from f of x, doesn't it? Because f inverse only comes from f of x. It comes from interchanging the x and y. So there was something in f of x that caused the problem. The thing that caused the problem in f of x was the fact that for one y value, say y equals 4, there are two possible x values, negative 2 or positive 2. For y equals 9, There are two possible x values negative three or positive three we saw that at the beginning right if y squared equals not if x squared equals nine then x equals three or negative three so because there are two possible x values for each y value except for at at the vertex then when we interchange x and y then we have a problem because for one x now there are two y's one y having two x's in the original function creates a problem in the inverse because then we have one x having two y values. So for this reason, we have a special name for special functions that don't have this problem. The functions that don't have this problem we call 1, 2, 1. For each x, there's only one y value, and that makes a function, right? But also, not only for each x is there only one y, but for each y, there's only one x. That means one to one. Each x, there's only one y. And for each y, there's only one x. And there's a definition in your book written down for one to one function. It says for each x, there's only one y. And for each y, there's only one x. This is not one to one. And a very quick way to see that is if you draw a horizontal line that could represent y equals 4, y equals 9, y equals 1, if the graph of the original function crosses the horizontal line at more than one place, then when you flip that over on the line y equals x, that horizontal line crossing at two places on the original function is going to translate to a vertical line crossing the inverse at two places, and therefore, it wouldn't be a function. So really, if you wrote this in your notes, f inverse of x equals plus or minus square root of x, this is actually garbage this doesn't this is not correct to say this and and I'm the one who wrote it so that's why I can say that if you have this in your notes put a big X over it because you can't have a function if you have two possible outputs for one input so even though we would like to write F inverse of X equals plus or minus square root X we can't do that we can't have that in our notes so there's a really quick way to see if a function has an inverse function for all x values on its domain look at the graph of the function if it passes the horizontal line test meaning if every horizontal line you can imagine drawing through the graph only passes through at one place then you'll be able to find the inverse without any trouble if the function fails the horizontal line test like it does here then you don't have a function that you can just automatically take an inverse of without running into problems Usually, if a function is going to fail the horizontal line test for some values on its domain, whoever gives you the problem of finding the inverse is hopefully going to tell you to restrict the domain somehow so that you don't have a problem. If they don't, or if they ask you to restrict the domain, then you have to think about what the graph looks like. And you have to take only, usually it's half of the graph. It's take the part of the graph that would pass a horizontal line test. So for this example, We just took out the left-hand side of the parabola. So now, a horizontal line passing through the graph for any y value is only going to pass through one point. So for each y, there's only one x. When we take the inverse, that'll mean for each x, there's only one y. So we won't have this problem. So our problem that we were given corresponds to this part of the table and then continuing. I would have to cross off these values if I'm talking about F inverse of X, because they are not part of the inverse of the function I was given. So make sure on your notes that you circle these values and cross off the other ones, because they don't represent the inverse function for this problem. And You can probably guess what I'm gonna have you look at next.